not only in my experience can sangha really help us hold our sorrows and it may not lessen the pain of our suffering but it does help to thin it out in some ways knowing that um, there are others holding me as i hold my suffering and on the flip side when i'm able to share my joy with others with my community or my loved ones and then and they're genuinely happy with me as well then that joy expands exponentially not even just twofold i would say but really exponentially and and then that is so exciting and then i feel like it's this this um this cycle that kind of keeps on going because then i rejoice for my initial good news but then i I am so touched to see other people truly rejoice or s sincerely rejoice with me. That is, um, I think, a really, a, a really beautiful gift if we're able to access that. And just in case some of you are like, oh, but I live alone, I don't have much family, or I'm not close to many people, etc. I also don't feel as if it needs to be someone we know really well in order for them to feel joy for us and for us to feel joy for their joy. Sometimes if it's someone that we may not know as well, what can happen is that there's um, less complication in the relationship and then it's sometimes easier for us to be joyful for somebody else. And so I would encourage you, you know, why not share some news with a stranger down the street. <laughs> I had this image of like us yelling it to a someone walking by. They may think things of us, but <laughs> but I think also if they hear the genuine good news, there could be some receptivity there. And there's this German proverb that says shared pain is half the pain and shared joy is twice the joy. And so um, Dara and I haven't been presenting the Brahma Viharas in the way that they're listed in the teachings. And again, just to refer back to the helix, this uh, interrelated kind of relationship between the, the Brahma Viharas, I really like that they're all expressions of love or they're all love, just different kind of tastes. And so, um, I've, I sometimes use the um, translation of altruistic joy. So mudita is the third Brahma Vihara, and it's often translated as sympathetic joy. And I'm still um, reshaping or finding what word resonates the most with me. For a long time, sympathy, I didn't like sympathetic joy because I thought of sympathy in a, in a somewhat neg negative way. But then just looking it up on Merriam-Webster dictionary website, for sympathetic, there were many definitions that I like. So, so it's kind of making a comeback in my heart for me to use sympathetic joy, this common translation. And so I'll just name a few of these, um, these examples of definitions for sympathetic. One is that it, it operates through an, an, an affinity, pardon, or interdependence or mutual association. So it's almost like 
it needs the other in order to be felt. Um, it's marked by or arises from sympathy, compassion, friendliness, and sensitivity to others' emotions. And so I like that because compassion, sympathy, compassion, friendliness, right, right away, or even sensitivity to others' emotions, in a lot of ways, that's the four heart qualities there. Showing empathy, arousing sympathy or compassion. Um, and then this one I liked, relating to musical tones produced by sympathetic vibration or to strings so tuned as to sound by sympathetic vibration. And so it's like, oh, sympathetic as in sympath uh, symphony, resonant. So I really like that because it's like, if I'm able to share in someone's mudita or if I'm able to, to offer mudita, it's like a way to allow our hearts sing together. And then coming back to that connection, affinity, interdependence. So I really like that. And again, sympathetic joy may not be the doorway in for you in terms of um, the word. And so sometimes I find using the Pali word mudita could be helpful because mudita is just mudita. It's it could land fairly neutral for you until you ascribe, ascribe it a little bit more meaning. So that's one way that you could uh, practice it, practice with it. But then other synonyms, bliss and charm and satisfaction, um, glee, pride, elation, delight. And then as I shared in um, yesterday's Q&I toward the end of the day, I had said sometimes what I like to do is to think of or call to mind the opposite quality of, of one of these words that present itself in the teachings. And then think of what the spectrum is. And so for mudita, the the far enemy or the opposite is envy or jealousy. And so between envy and uh, mudita, sympathetic joy, there's all of these different variations. And then I would say the first step would be non-envy. So not even like like or appreciation, but keeping it even way simpler, non-envy. And if you're able for, for moments at a time um, to feel non-envy for someone else's good fortune, then you're moving in the right direction. In my experience, mudita is not as known as the other heart qualities. It, I feel like it's, it's not talked about as often as, say, metta or loving-kindness or compassion in our daily lives. I feel like we hear compassion a lot. And then equanimity, because as Dara said, it, it shows up everywhere in all these different lists or in all these different places in the teachings. However, I think joy is making a comeback, at least I think, is, or especially to communities of color, black indigenous communities of color, because it it is, has been necessary for our survival, I believe. It also restores our well-being. 
And then when you add um, all these other systems of oppression that we swim in, so one being, say, capitalism, I think not only is sympathetic joy perhaps not, not so known or popular, but then on top of it, it's, it's can be challenging to cultivate because we swim in or part of the water we swim in is the scarcity mindset that there isn't enough. And so that's why I find that sometimes when we are hearing someone's good fortune and we're not so close to them, or if they're like not a coworker or something like that, um, then it's easier for us to, to, to rejoice with them. Partly because it's like, oh, their good fortune, I would never necessarily want that good fortune, so it's okay. But if it's a good fortune that we may also aspire to, suddenly we think, oh, if they have that, then there's not enough for me. I think part of it is also rooted in uh, mana, the teaching of conceit, where there's this uh, tendency to compare as better than, less than, and equal to. And all three are um, good sources of suffering. <laughs> And so as soon as, um, as we engage in that comparison mindset and we add to that scarcity mindset, and then if we haven't practiced sympathetic joy or mudita a lot, then it could be really painful. It could be really hard. But like the other heart qualities and everything I feel in this um, practice, it can be cultivated. And so that gives me hope, <laughs> as always. I don't think I'd be walking this path as long as I have been if, if I didn't see the evidence of bhavana or cultivation along the way. And so mudita is one of them. Um, and so I'll guide us through a meditation in a few minutes, but the way that it can be cultivated is first we bring to mind our good fortune and we practice rejoicing in our own qualities and life circumstances. For some people, that could be really easy. For others, it could be really challenging because I think also to some degree, Yeah, I, certainly this has been the case for me, and I'm not sure if this is the case for everyone because suddenly what came to mind are people who have no problem with this, but I was conditioned to believe humility is a quality I should aspire to. So I instantly thought of like an ex, and I was like, he had no problem not being humble, but anyways. <laughs> um, and so it could be really challenging for us to rejoice in our own good fortune because of of that that conditioning that that um, idea that oh no like we work hard we get what we deserve and then don't gloat don't rock the boat don't draw attention just keep the head down and keep going and so we'll practice um rejoicing in our own good fortune and it doesn't need to be something grandiose just sincere so depending on what you're navigating in life these days, it could be, I showered today, and to not underestimate that. Or it could be um, something else in your life, a promotion, 
finding um, a four-leaf clover or you know really anything and everything just sincere and then after that we'll expand it out to others and we won't go to those who are difficult right away I'm, I'm not sure even as Dara and I have been guiding if we'll even get that far but there's there's like categories of folks we send it to but just um, one thing that I really want to emphasize is that mudita or sympathetic joy is not a bypass or a throwaway quality. It can be used to bypass or just to, to name that still, where if say um, someone that we're close to does experience good fortune and it is something that we wanted for ourselves and weren't able to to get it for whatever reason. Um, we may recall this teaching of Mudita and, and then right away be like, oh, great, great, so super happy for you. All right, yay, good. However, it's complex, it's that helix. And so just because we want to um, rejoice with somebody, it doesn't also mean that we don't feel hurt as well. And so it's like, that's where the navigation of the qualities come in. It's like, we can rejoice with them and we could tend to our pain with compassion on our, on our side or on our own. Or we may even need to be like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you and I just need a moment to be able to really rejoice with you. And then you might take a time out and give yourself some self-compassion or whatnot. And so I, again, just to bring in the word resilience, like I feel as we honor the complexity of what arises with us and then apply some of these teachings around mudita or, or karuna compassion, loving kindness, metta, upekka, equanimity, then it really does help us um, navigate whatever life has for us, throws at us. And the last thing I'll say is that, um, so I mentioned the far enemy, envy or jealousy, and the near enemy is exuberance. And exuberance, and when I heard that, I was like, but why? I think I lean, I tend toward exuberance a lot. <laughs> That's what I thought. And then, um, and then I, I kind of once uh, or learning a little bit more about ex exuberance, I think of, say, I don't know if some of you have, say, little children in your life somehow, like a niece or a nephew. And so I like to try to bring the little people in my life a, a tiny token whenever I see them, like a little gift. And I mean, it's it's not anything big or any, but I think at that age, they're just happy to receive anything to be to be acknowledged, etc. So there was um, one friend I brought over like a little kinder surprise. And, and then they were like, the, the little person was just super into the fact that there was a toy inside the kinder surprise. For those of you who don't know, it's like a little chocolate. And so I was like, I have something for you. And then before even grabbing it, which is what a lot of the little people in my life do, they grab it, don't look me in the eye and open it. But this one was just like, I got a gift. I got a gift. And then was jumping on the couch and then was like unaware that there was a lamp 
that was going to get knocked down or that they were going to fall off the couch. And so <laughs> and so even though it was fun for me to watch that, that's the edge of exuberance. It's like this um, this excitement that is like next level 2.0 and that becomes unaware or ungrounded and then can actually cause some harm. Another way to think of exuberance, and I really like this image, I've been using it a lot in different ways, like when I think of, say, self-soothing versus self-care, but in regards to exuberance, it's kind of like a, you have this hose or fire hose trying to water really dry ground, like arid soil. It kind of just gleams on the surface and falls off. When mudita or sympathetic joy is like a slow drip that sinks in and that keeps the soil moist. And so all this to say is, as we practice cultivating mudita on a somewhat regular basis or on a regular, in a regular way or in a, in a sincere way, then it'll be easier for us to feel joy for others, for big or small things. Um, yeah. All right, so. We will, as I'm, as I'm talking, there's, I live next to a park and there's someone belting out songs and I think they're, they're alone. And I was like, that is perfect for my topic, <laughs> that they're just into their own joy. And so I'm, I'm feeling them. I'm really into them right now. So I'll guide us through a, a meditation um, it'll be about 10 or 12 minutes, just so that you can have a taste of this mudita. And um, actually, some of you might have the app 10% Happier. And I'm, uh, I'm recording a, a mudita meditation for them. It should be out this fall or something like that. So, And then I'm sure there's other recordings out there or on Dharma Seed, etc. if you want to play with mudita a little bit more. So set yourself up in a posture that um, is an expression of love. The love you have or the love you hope to have for yourself or others. Seated, standing, lying down, eyes open or closed. Give yourself a few moments to settle into this posture, into this moment. Now, bring to mind a good fortune that you may be experiencing in your life. Doesn't need to be grand, just sincere. It 
doesn't need to be an accomplishment either. But it could be perhaps something as simple as having been mindful for a pleasant experience or simply having been mindful at some point this weekend. Notice what arises in you as you try to bring to mind something to rejoice for yourself. If there's any resistance, that's fine. Perhaps you can simplify the experience instead and rejoice in the breath moving in and out of the body. Rejoice that you're here listening to the teachings despite your feelings toward it. And wherever you are on the spectrum between envy and mudita, Can that be okay? Can that be enough? You may inspire this feeling of mudita by reciting phrases. I'm happy that I'm happy. May this happiness last. May it grow. And may my happiness and good fortune radiate. Maybe it'll be easier to experience joy for yourself by first experiencing it via someone else. And so start by picturing someone you care about, someone for whom it's easy to rejoice. This can be a friend, a loved one, an animal being. 
bring to mind any good fortune they, they may be experiencing. And notice the natural joy that arises in you for their well-being, happiness, and success. You may experience it as an image, perhaps, or sensations in the body. And sharing the same phrases directed to this person for whom it's easy to feel joy for. I'm happy that you're happy. May your happiness last. May your happiness grow. May your happiness and good fortune radiate. If using phrases doesn't resonate, you can connect to the experience of sympathetic joy instead by asking yourself, what can I appreciate now? What can I rejoice in? What can I be grateful for right now? You can also orient toward the qualities of joy by asking yourself, what does it feel like to appreciate something? What does it feel like to rejoice or when I experience gratitude? sharing the felt sense with this person you brought to mind for a few more moments.
And then if possible, in these last moments, with this mudita you've cultivated, bring it back to yourself. Expressing joy or appreciation or gratitude for your very being here. for your presence, your practice. And whatever good fortune may be present. In a few moments, I'll ring the bell. And if you can take the sound of the bell in and maybe even expressing mudita or appreciating your capacity to hear. Thank you. And just to uh, give a little context to that practice, um, it was inspired by Martine Batchelor. I believe I mentioned her yesterday, um, a Dharma teacher based in France. And, um, and so you might come across, if you do decide to, to explore this practice a little bit more, that it's much like how the other heart practices are often practiced and shared, which is a recitation of phrases and sending it out to different categories of folks. And what I really appreciated with Martine's approach was that if the phrases don't resonate, that she tried to do a couple other doorways or offer that. And so one being, um, or in my experience, it's like both kind of the embodied part or the felt sense. So tuning into the qualities of joy or the experience of mudita. And so maybe if you can bring that up, then it might be easier to start um, dedicating or sharing mudita with others and eventually with yourself. So um, thank you for your practice. And um, right now we have Bibiana who will just share some words on dana or generosity, which I like to think that is another heart quality or a heart practice. Bibiana. Hi. Uh, yes, I would like to share a few words about dana. Uh, it's a Pali word that refers to generosity and its value. Uh, you have heard the teachers refer to it on several occasions during the retreat. 
uh, yesterday, Don mentioned uh, how you have practiced generosity towards yourself uh, by offering yourself this time of practice. Uh, people around you might have supported you so you can step away from your daily responsibilities and life uh, to be here. By being here, your presence is offering support to others in their pra practice in the same way that uh, they are supporting you. Generosity was the first teaching of the Buddha, and it is also considered the foundation or the gateway for the essential qualities that we are invited to develop and cultivate in this spiritual path. In the Buddhist traditions, teachings are, not, are, are offered freely and teachers are supported generously by the community, not as payment for services, but as part of the practice. I am, I am glad to have the opportunity to talk about generosity today uh, because it is a practice that doesn't come naturally to me. I have uh, no problem offering time and attention, but when it comes to money, I can be a little bit tight. I, I grew up uh, with modest means in a developing country during a period of social crisis, uh, political violence and economic, and economic recession. I witnessed the suffering of my parents uh, for not being able to provide for the family as they wished. So this is no longer my reality, but I, I think that this experience left a, a deep-seated fear in me of not having enough in the future. I think uh, this make me, made me protective of my resources. So it's not that I don't want to share, but I, I am worried by my own security and my own, so, so I have a tendency to, to hold on to what I have. So I, I read a teaching about generosity that resonated well with me. It highlighted one aspect of this practice by saying that it is skillful or helpful in this path because it gives us the opportunity to practice non-attachment or letting go or renouncement while associating it with joy. So following the instructions from my teachers who would often say, don't take my word for it, go and see for yourself. I gave attention to the effect of generosity in my body and in my heart and I sincerely experienced joy and love and expansion and spaciousness. Ironically, when I started intentionally actualizing and cultivating generosity, I realized that by contributing to the well-being of people around me, of my community, I was also creating safety and abundance for myself. And in the mysterious ways of the universe, I re receive also much more generosity from others, not in a transactional way, but simply as a shared morality around interbeing and connectedness. Mm. So to go back to the Buddhist tradition, teacher support from the Sangha has kept these teachings alive for over 2,000 600 years. I am always amazed by this consideration. The teachings are a gift to us from our ancestors. They are accessible to us here today 
thanks to this system of generosity. You are invited to offer donations to Dara and Don. So to do so, uh, please go to TNI website, it's written on the screen. And in the tab giving, uh, you will see a page, Teacher Dana. You also receive the link in the email that was sent to you on Saturday, and you will re receive also a reminder tomorrow with other information. <clears throat> if, you, if you are wondering how much to give, um, I have heard this before. If you have little, give a little. If you have more, give more. If you have plenty, give a lot. It is thanks to our support that they can continue to propagate these teachings and deepen their practice. Your generosity supports the teachers, the Sangha, the larger community and your own practice. Together, we keep the teachings alive so we can offer them as a gift for future generations in the same way that they have been offered to us by our ancestors. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Bibiana. All right, dear friends. So we now have a short break. Um, and by break, it's really just if you need to stretch the legs, bio break, etc. It's not break in your mindfulness necessarily as best you can. And so we'll be back here or we'll meet back here um, in a little over 15 minutes. Just double checking the schedule. Yeah, so we'll meet back here at 3.45 Eastern or in 17 minutes. All right, thanks.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.